Lord, forgive him. <laughs> bring, me, bring me down just a little bit then. It's too, it's too loud. Amen. A little more? A little more? A little more? Okay. Is that better? Good, good. Perfect. All right. It's nice and clear too, so I can hear it. It sounds good. All right. Um, Mr. Keith, where's your wife? I have a, another word that I want to give you guys. Um, I, I was kind of waiting to see how it was all going to pan together and stuff like that. So I didn't find that opportunity while we were still up here. So I thought, you know, when I got up here, I had the microphone that I was going to take and be able to present it. So, uh, but, I, but I want to talk to you this morning. And by the way, I, I just want to say thank you, Pastor Lonnie, Pastor Kathy, for, uh, for being our friend for being our family, for, for allowing us to be a part of your life as, as we have welcomed you wholeheartedly into our lives. Uh, you know, Lonnie and I were kind of similar, except for that he's got some different moves, you know, <laughs> that, that, that I don't have. You know, he's got the little... Weird ones. So, you know, I'm saying, Lord... <laughs> I said, Lord, just, just spare me from that, okay? Uh, you know, a lot of other things I don't mind and stuff like that. So we, we come from the same kind of cloth, except for he's kind of changed a little bit since he's been up here. But see, he used to be kind of like this, you know, back in, in East L.A., you know, back in the hood, Brother Roy, right? Where you kind of got down and dirty and ugly and everything else and stuff like that. So, but God delivered us. Amen. 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 Until you hear, okay. So listen, this is a scripture that I, I, I wanted to share with you, as well as what we did. Um, I want you to I want you to remember this. Uh, Jackie reminded me that you know here it's been 30 years, and it's awesome because didn't Jesus start his ministry at 30? Okay. So you know, and it wasn't just some of the things that he may have done previously, but after he stepped out into that position, all of a sudden great things begin to take place. All right? But in that, there is also a warning that comes with it. Okay? First of all, I want you to look at each other. Okay? And I want you to realize this, is that you have each other to lean on. There are going to be people that are going to come into your life that are going to be good for you, and there are going to be people that are coming into your life that's not going to be so good. And what you need to realize and understand is that you need to look and lean on each other. Okay? Because people will come and go, but you're in this forever. All right? And so, Keith, you need to take and, and, and listen when she speaks. Okay? And have that attitude of, yes, dear. Okay? <laughs> you know? And Chantel, you it's the same thing. You know, there are things that, that Keith are going to be able to share that, that you, have to, you, you may not quite understand. But when you don't understand some of these things, then what you do is you just take and go before the Lord together. You say, Lord, teach me. Show me what it is. Give me the understanding in this so that, I can, so that we can go forth together. Because as long as you guys are united in the journey, okay, in this story that's being told as we've learned throughout this week, all right, as long as you work together and you walk together, there gonna be, you're not going to be able to, there's going to be things that you're going to accomplish that, that you're not going to be able to be stopped. But whenever the house is divided then you're going to find the struggle that you're going to deal with in your life. But the only way that that's going to take place is out of Psalms 37. It's a familiar scripture that we've all probably heard, we've all quoted ourselves, and it simply says this. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. 
dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, I, I tell my congregation back home, I say, listen, God's obligated to meet needs that he has promised. Okay, and that simple, simple needs that are, that are required in our lives is simply uh, food, shelter, and clothing. All right? Those other things that you, we, we strive for in life, those, are, those aren't important. Okay? That doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to have things. And I tell people, I said, you know what? Unfortunately, in the world, or actually even in the church, there's a lot of people that are praying for, to win the lottery. There are a lot of people that are asking, God, drop the million dollars on me. And, and, and unfortunately, God, God's hands are held because there's a lot of people that he can't trust with a million dollars. Okay? He, he, he wants to be able to bless each and every one of us. Third John uh, 2, I believe it is, it says, it says, Beloved, above all, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. All right? So, so the things that, that the, the outside wants to be able to infiltrate us, they're, they're not bad. See, money's not bad. Okay? So everybody say, money's not bad. Okay? It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's what causes the greed that, that, that creates in us that tenacity to want to step on each other to get it. You hear what I said? It's, it's the greed that, that causes the tenacity in us to step on each other to get it. And it's unfortunate that in society and in the world, that we, as we look at it, you know, the world teaches us, get everything that you can and get it with all that you've got. And, and don't worry about anybody else. In other words, get, get what's mine. I remember in the 70s, you know, growing up and, and, and you see these, these mobile homes or motor homes driving down the road and the big, bu- the big bumper sticker on the back of it says, I'm spending my grandkids' inheritance. And, and, and look at society today and consider the, 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 the transforming uh, set that, that, that has taken place from that moment in the 70s. See, back in the day, in the 60s, I think the number one selling magazine was, was um, uh, Family. I think in the 70s, the, the number one selling magazine was Life. In the 80s, the number one selling magazine was uh, People. In the 90s, the, the number one selling magazine was Self. And now we're living in, in, in the new millennium where the number one magazines that are being sold has to deal with the word I. We've got iPhones, we've got iPads, we've got iPods, you know, we've got i this and i that. And, 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 and what is, what, what is, in, what is the, the center letter in the word pride? I. And this is what we're dealing with in our culture today. So that's why it's important that as you journey into this life that God has called you to, okay, you have each other to lean on. But more than that, he's the one that's going to sustain you. Even when you don't understand each other at times, you've got to go to him because he's the one that will reveal the truth in the whole thing. All right? Let me, let me keep on reading. It says, commit your ways to the Lord and trust in him, and he will do this. Verse 6, it says, he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Now, here's another portion. 
Verse 7, it says, but be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Verse 8, it says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath, for do not fret because it only leads to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those whose hope is in the Lord will inherit the land. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Up on the screen you see three words, hearing your thoughts. And simply I want to ask you today, what is the conversation that's going on in your mind? All right. How many realize and understand that every day and every moment of the day, our minds are constantly talking to us? The question is, is what is it that we are listening to as we live this life each and every day? I want to reach. I want to read you out of Lamentations. That's not. That's not a a, a scripture that is oftentimes uh, gone into because you see, we like the New Testament stuff. We like some of the Old Testament things and stuff like that. But Lamentations. But I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. All right? And it should be up on the screen, Sean. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3, uh, verses 19 through 25. And it says this. And I want you to listen to, there's two parts to this story. It says, "It it is a good thing to hope for help from God. It says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, and the taste of ashes. The poison that I have swallowed, I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. The feeling of hitting bottom. Has anybody ever hit bottom in your life? I did about 16 years ago when I thought everything was going so well. And then all of a sudden, somebody took the bottom actually and right from under my feet and I fell flat on my face wondering what's going on. And for 16 years, I have fought for my life, as many of you know. And for about 10 years, 12 years, I've not been able to come and be a part of the celebration that we have been a part of for so long. And and, and it broke my heart because, you see, we love coming and we love to be a part and we love to to, to be in in an atmosphere where, where, where Christ is the center and the anointing that destroys the yoke is evident and the presence of God is so rich and so real that, that you know, you just, just don't want to go. Now, I know that we're ending today with the feast that we have celebrated and I know that there's a lot of tired bodies and we're going, thank you, Jesus, but, but that's, the, that's the natural man. See, that's the mind that we're talking about, the conversation that's going on. The body rules oftentimes and says, I, I just want this thing to, 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 to go away. Because I want, to get, I want to get back to how business used to be. But you see, in this life in which we live, it's not about the business the way it used to be. It's about what God is calling us to to go forth. God is never a God that goes backwards. God is never a God who subtracts or takes away. God is a God who multiplies. God is a God who adds to your life. See, when, when, when you just received the tithe and offerings, you know, it's not the money that we're trying to get from you. It's the blessing and the inheritance that we're trying to get to you. That's why it's important that we bring our tithe. That's why it's important, as as Malachi chapter 3 says, to bring the whole tithe. 
in the church, it's unfortunate because the, t- the statistics say that there's about 10 to 15 percent actual of the, t- of the church worldwide that actually tithes. Now, uh, it, it's amazing how it is that, that you know, if, if I was to show you a hundred dollar bill, or if you were to pull out a hundred dollar bill when you came to church, how small that bill would be. But you take that same bill to the mall, and it's amazing. You know, let me me reverse that. I said it wrong. You got that $100 bill, you bring it to the church. It's amazing how big it seems. It's like, God, I can do, you know, I I, I don't know if I can afford this. But when you take it to the mall, it's how how easy it is for us to spend. How easy it is for us to be able to, to, to want and to get the things that appease the flesh. Okay, listen, I've, I've got jewelry on, but the jewelry that I have, I didn't buy. It was given to me. The clothes that I have on, I didn't buy. They were given to me. The shoes that I got on, I didn't buy. They were given to me. And I like this kind of stuff. All right? I, I like to dress up. I like to think that I'm cool from time to time. Okay? I have a pastor friend who took in, and, you know, he's the one that introduced me to, 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 to pimping out my clothes. All right? And so for those of you that don't know what pimping out means, okay, uh, you must understand. Okay, I guess they do understand that. Roy, what does that mean? You're ratcheting it up. That's it. You know, it, it's not the clothes that makes the man. It's not the clothes that makes the woman. It's not the jewelry that we wear. If you're not good enough in whom God created you, then what makes you think that you're going to be good enough just because you put on some covering? What makes you think that you're going to be good enough just because you've got some bling going on? What makes you think that you're good enough just because, you know, you, you, know, you, you, you whitened your teeth with, that, with, with whatever chemicals that you do and stuff like that and you look so good? That's not important. What's important is what you're hearing by the Spirit. And you use the scripture uh, in Revelation, he who hath an ear to hear, let him hear with the Spirit. Listen, every thought that you have is developed or is, it's, it's initiated by what you hear. Or what you say. Okay? And it's from that that you find yourself that you begin to start acting out on what it is. So if somebody says you're stupid, and if you keep that thing going on in your mind and you keep it going and rolling and rolling and rolling, eventually you're going to believe that you're stupid. And then what's going to happen is that you're going to start acting stupid. Amen. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know, if you've been told in your life that you're ugly, you know, and, and that you'll never make it. My wife, she shared her testimony when she was growing up. Okay, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I've got one of the most beautiful wives in the world. All right, and 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 we've been married. We're, we're going on 47 years this next year. Okay, you know, and and I and I, and I told her, I said, listen, babe, I said, you, you keep looking the way you are. I said, I don't have to worry about trying to find somebody. Besides, I ain't got no time for somebody else. It took, me, it took me 47 years to get you where you're at, you know. I, 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 I ain't got time for that kind of stuff, so, no. I, the fact that she keeps me around, it's, it's amazing and stuff like that. So. But 40, 47 years we have, we have been married. And, and, you know, and I love her more than what I did in the beginning, okay. And I, you know, I, I look at my life and I'm going, God, I, I don't know where I'd be today. You know, I, I, I don't. I mean, she prayed for me constantly when I was probably acting stupid in my life. Okay? 
But but the, the testimony that she shares is that growing up, that you know, she the devil told her, and where it came from, I don't know. But the devil told her that she was ugly, and I don't I don't understand that. You know that 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 she that she would never amount to anything, and that she would never even be able to stand before you and 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 share the gospel like she, like she does, and she does a tremendous job. You know. But that's what the devil told her, and that's, that, that's the cycle that was going on in her mind over and over and over and over and over and over again. And for the longest time, she believed it. Her mama would take her as a little girl and get her hair all nice and you know, cute, you know, like, almost like Shirley Temple. You know, and then when they got home from the beauty parlor, she would go into the, into the bathroom and wash that stuff out of her hair and just pull it back in a ponytail because she didn't see the picture. Because in her mind, the thought that she was finding herself struggling with told her that she was nothing. But God. But God. There are going to be people that are going to come across in your life that are going to, that are going to tell you that, you know, you ain't worth it. Okay? question is, is, what are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to what people say? Because I, I can guarantee you, and if you haven't already, it must be because you're not alive. But people will hurt you. People will destroy you. People will disappoint you. People will discourage you. People, they, they don't have sense oftentimes in their lives. Why? It's because they hurt themselves. There's this old saying that goes that hurting people will hurt people. That's why it's important for us not to look to man for our validation. Not to look to man for, for, for the things that, that will make us who it is that God has created us. Why would we look at an alternative when the one who created us, the one who's the author, said that he would finish in, us in our faith? Yeah. Amen. So what's the conversation? Even, even as I'm speaking right now, what is the conversation that's going on in your mind today? All right. Is it forgetting or for, you know, that you'll never forget troubles, the lostness, the taste of ashes, the poisons that you've swallowed, uh, the feelings of hitting bottom? But I want, you to, I want you to look at what the writer continues to write. See, what happens is that he was listening for a moment but then he realized that there was another voice that was speaking. And l- listen to what he says. He says, but there's one other thing that I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on, on hope. Okay, now remember, I'm reading out of the Message Bible. It says, God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. You see, for they're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. So this is the decision that he's saying after realizing that this is what's been going on, but there's another side of the story, and he's saying, so I'm sticking with God. And he says, and I say it over and over, that he's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately Waits. Can I say that again? God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits and to the woman who diligently seeks. 
Jeremiah teaches us that God has a plan. When he brought you into this world, even before he brought you into this world, there was a plan that was set for you and I. And what God did is he actually took, and, and you know, God, God oftentimes doesn't start from the beginning and goes to the end. Oftentimes he starts from the end. And then what he does is he walks out individually, yours and my path. Okay? And he sets the, pla- he sets the, the steps for us to follow one at a time. And so then once he gets to that destination, when you come into the world, all of a sudden he says, now, here's where you start, walk in it. Follow the path. Follow the light. He says, and if you stay on the path, if you don't look to the right, and if you don't look to the left, he said, but you keep your eyes right on. He says, you're going to make it. He says, you're going to accomplish. You're going to succeed. You're going to fulfill that which I've placed in your life. And I can guarantee you, there will be pitfalls. There will be mountains. There will be struggles. Listen, how, how many have ever looked at a, uh, at a rose? Okay, how many have ever picked up a rose stem? How many have ever been pricked by the thorns that are on there? Now, the, the rose is beautiful. Okay, but it's got some stuff that you've got to be careful with. And so it is in this journey that we walk. If we walk in the footsteps, you know, I'm going to look back at my life, especially with what I've gone through the last 16 years. And, 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 you know, and, and I've learned that, you know, God didn't do those things to me. Okay? God didn't do those things to me. So when I look back, I'm going to look back at all those just one set of the footprints that walks. And I realize it was during those times that I was at my lowest point that God had to carry me. And so you wonder why it is that I want to be a worshiper before God. You wonder why it is that I want to glorify his name. You wonder why it is that I want to honor him with the life that I live. That if I can affect one person in this life, then God, then so be it, so that your name might be glorified in it all. You wonder why? It's because of what God walked me through. You see, I couldn't have done it on my own. My wife couldn't have helped me except for she prayed and she was there for me and everything else. But when it came time, even at times when I was in the shower, just hanging onto the wall, I'm saying, God, my life is in your hands and I'm trusting you. And I know that I'm not finished yet. And so I don't know what, I don't know why this has happened, but God, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm not going to let the devil that keeps coming to me and saying, guess what? Your life is over. He says, get ready. Okay. You're finished. You're done. You have nothing more to give. But yet the voice on the other side was saying, no, 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 no. You've got a lot more to do. And so I went for my 205 pounds looking buff like your pastor. Okay? You know, and I dropped down to 117 pounds throughout the years. I had no energy. I had no strength. I had no life. I had, I, 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 basically, I, I lost my vision. Because I allowed what was going on on the external to dictate my decisions and what I was going to do. Until one day when I was laying in my bed at 117 pounds, struggling. The pain level when the doctors would ask you, what's your pain level, 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, mine averaged to be about 17 or 18. And it wasn't just for five minutes here, five minutes there. This was 24-7 that I was doing this. You know, and so I found myself going, Lord, okay, you know, just I'm, I'm ready to go. Matter of fact, I think even at one point I was telling my wife, I said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. 
I can't, I, I can't keep going through this. I just, I don't have the energy to fight anymore. Now, my wife, she loves me with, 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 with all that she's got and stuff like that, and, but, but she did something that kind of struck me a little bit peculiar. When I was looking for affirmation, when I was looking for, for consoling, when I was looking for her to come and put her arms around me and say, baby, it's okay. It's okay. No, she stormed out the, out the room and went someplace else, and I never saw her for a long time after that. But what I found out is that what she was doing is she did something better, didn't let me stay in the pity party that I was in, but she, she walked out into another room and began to start praying and taking authority and binding the devil off of my life, that spirit of death that was trying to take my life. Okay? So that's why, Keith and Chantel, that's, these are things that are going to happen. You know, you may not be able to take in to figure out everything else, so then one's going to go to the Lord. And, and you're going to be able to, to stand as, uh, as that intercessor in the gap. And you're going to be able to, 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 to fill that hedge so that that devil doesn't keep blocking, so that then now God can start working in your life. Okay? And that's what he started doing. So when she did that, then, you know, I found myself all of a sudden one day laying in bed and just, just waiting. And all of a sudden God says, son, would you go back into the pastorate? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I, and I said, God, you're kidding, right? I, 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 is this a joke? You know, I did. Is this a joke? I mean, look at me. I'm 117 pounds. My ribs are showing you know, I mean, you know, I had, I mean, there was nothing going on in my life. And I said, God, I, I, what are you asking me that for? You know, and, and God in his graciousness, God in his infinite love, you know, he didn't sit there and go, pay attention to me, stupid. <laughs> like sometimes we do with each other. Okay. But God, who, who's snorting over here? Right. <laughs> but, 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 but he said, he, again, he said, he goes, would you go back into the pastorate? And I said, God, I don't understand. But then I was reminded of the story of Abraham and Isaac. How that God spoke to Abraham and said, go take your son and go sacrifice. And you know, the, the, the torment that Abraham experienced at that moment in his life, the son that whom he loved. <sighs> so I said to myself, well, you know, I said to God, I said, God, I, said, I don't know. I said, it, I mean, maybe this is something, do I find myself more important to me than to you? That even if, even if I was to do this and I was to die in the process, yet I fulfilled what you asked of me. So I said, Lord, if that was, your, if that was what you want, of course I would do that. You see, when I got saved, I said, God, I'm all in. I said, God, I said, Whatever, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. So I said, of course, I would do that. Unbeknownst to me that the next day I would get a phone call from two little grandma ladies from the church in which we're pastoring today, calling and saying that uh, there's some changes going on in the church and they're looking for a new senior pastor. And we want you. And I'm going, what? So it was like, you know, all right. You know, I'm talking to myself now. All right. Okay. And so then that was a Thursday. Then Sunday, they had uh, a, a gentleman that stepped into the church as the interim pastor. 
who was actually a dear friend of ours, and he was one of our mentors, and and uh, he was also my super, one of my supervisors, you know, in the Foursquare uh, denomination, and so. He went and he preached on Sunday, and Monday morning he called me and he said, Hey, John, how you doing? I said, Well, considering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost, but I'm not there yet, okay? And he goes, she goes, You know, I, I, okay. I said, I don't, know, I don't know why I'm calling you about this. He said, But I need your help. And I said, What do you mean? He said, Well, they brought me into this church which is the same church that just a few days before that, two grandma ladies called and said, we want you. Okay? And so I said, well, what do you need? He goes, everything. (laughs) He said the the, the elder that, uh, you know, basically was running the church, you know, they only had just a few people left in the church. And, um, you know, he actually wanted the, the senior pastor position, but he didn't qualify for whatever reason. And so, therefore, um, you know, he left, and he left in a fury, and he took everything. He took all the sound system. There's no music. There's no children's department. There's no youth department. There's nothing. All that was was just me. So, and, this, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this is your door. Now, remember, I'm still 117 pounds. Okay, I'm not all, you know, all in a bag of chips yet. Okay, but he took and, and he, you know, he said, he goes, this is your open door. So I said, okay. So we took and, and we, we, we uh, talked about it and we, we started going in there. I took my sound system, took my keyboards. We had some people that, that came with us and we started all the different things that were going on in the church. And for, for about nine months, we served this pastor. Okay, we weren't given the church. We served. All right. Uh, there was a, uh, a scripture, I think, Kathy, that you used earlier in the week and stuff like that, that if you want to be great in the kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. As a matter of fact, there's a, a study that, I give, I, that I've shared with my staff. It's called servant leadership. That you'll not be the leader that God has called you to be if you can't be the servant that God has called you to be. Okay? So if you have aspirations for leadership, then find a place to serve. When I say find a place, I mean here, whatever is needed. There's a lot of different areas that, that can use the help, whether it's keeping the grounds, whether it's maintaining the church, whether it's fixing things, whether it's the decorations, whatever it might be, whether it's carrying the, carrying the Bibles of your pastors if you need to, being that armor bearer for them, being that straight, if, if it's just to pray for them when they need it. Okay? Learn to be the servant of all. And, and, and let me tell you this, is that, you know, if you think that, well, you know, that's, that's beneath you, well, then you're saying that, that, that Christ is beneath you as well. Because if you read in Philippians chapter 2, how that Christ, though he was God, yet did not consider it equal to be with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself and became like you and me. That's why even though we celebrate Christmas in December, yet it's in this season when Christ was actually born. Okay? But he came into this world to give us a gift. And what was that gift? That gift was life. Amen? But in that life, there are obligations and there are responsibilities that we every day must appropriate. 
God has given you a gift in this, these pastors. Okay? If I was to give you a million dollars today, what would you do with it? Save it. You might save it. But a lot of people would spend it. A lot of people would, would abuse that. God has given you a gift in Pastors Lonnie and Kathy. Question is, is are you celebrating them? Or are you using them? Question is, is, is are you uh, responsible to make sure that, that their lives, you know, and I'm, they, listen, Christ has got their back. That's not an issue. But it's our responsibility as the church to hold them up so that they don't become weary in the well-doing. You see, I want for each and every one of us, Pastor Lonnie, to be able to live long and live strong and to finish well this life in which Christ has given us. But it all starts, and I'm going back, and I haven't even tapped into this message at all. I had a feeling that was going to happen. It happens oftentimes with me, so... But I want you to always remember, go back, go back to that, uh, the first uh, uh, slide, which is uh, the thoughts. The thoughts that are generated by what you see and by what you hear. The world will want to take and convince you that if you dress up really smooth, that if you look in, 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 in the younger generation, if you look really fly, or if you, or, or if you look real dope, Okay, now for you older generations, just don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not talking about drugs, okay? All right, but if, but if, you, but if you, you know, I mean, we got magazines that, that show us what we're supposed to look like. We got models that, that, that are, are, are trying to convince us that this is the way of life. And if you look at those models, they're emaciated, okay? You know, the, the, the camera makes them look a little bit better, but if you look at most of them, there are a lot of them that are really skinny and a lot of they're really frail. All right, the clothing that they wear. Okay, listen, and the music that the young people listen to today—it's—it's—it's it's, it's astounding with what's going on. Uh, you know, if you're listening to what's out there in the world more than you're listening to what what's coming from the very throne of God, then you're going to get caught up in the things that are being done. And there's a lot of subliminal messages that are being presented in a lot of songs that are out there in the world. That if you're not careful you will get sucked into it. You'll get seduced into a lifestyle that is not yours to have. Okay? We live in a culture, we live in a society where there's an identity crisis. We don't know who we are because we've allowed ourselves to be duped by a system, a society that tells us that that this is the way life is supposed to be. We have a government... That is, that is trying to control the narrative of what's going on in, in our country, that are trying to tell us that, that they're the ones that know best for us. That's why, you see, you know, they're, they're taking away your rights and your responsibilities to teach your own kids. They're telling you that you don't know how to teach your kids, so therefore we're going to teach your kids for you. They're trying to tell you that, that you don't know how to handle your money, so we're going to handle your money for you, only to find them that they're taking your money and embellishing themselves. There's a song that says, let the church rise and move the gates of hell. Hell has been expanded. But the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 
So you and I, we can take those gates and we can burst them and break them and, and just move them to the place where all of a sudden we start taking that territory back for the kingdom of God. We can do it. We can do it. But it all depends upon what it is that you're listening to. And what your mind continuously plays that tape recorder. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. I thank you, Lord, for the worship today. I thank you, Lord, for the songs that were played on, on, on the video, Lord. I, I thank you for the, for the, for the moment of, of the ordination, Father God, that was established, the, the sending forth, Father God, and that apostolic anointing, Father God, for, for, for your kingdom to be expanded in greater dimensions. Father God, that, that as we live this life, that we live it with purpose. And as we live this life, Lord, that there is a goal that we have in mind. And it's not what we can get for ourselves. But, Lord, it's how we can, we can expand the kingdom message. How we can expand the kingdom philosophy. Jesus, you taught us when you said in, 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 in Matthew, where, where you taught the disciples in a manner of praying. And you said, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, for your kingdom come, your will be done in earth. And Lord, I, I liken to be able to add this part because we have come from the dust of the ground, our father Adam. That so it is in these earthen vessels. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done in these earthen vessels that we might be purified, that we might be glorified to that place, that we might be able to be ready for your use, to be poured out of the Spirit from us so that the world might be able to experience the goodness of your hand towards us. Lord, thank you that you have called us. For many are called. But I thank you, Lord, even though few are chosen who are the chosen? It's the ones that choose. And so, Lord, today, I, my prayer for this, for this congregation is let us choose you. Let us choose to walk in your footsteps. Let us choose to live a life of righteousness so that we might enjoy peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let us choose, Lord, not to allow the world to sway us into one direction that leads to destruction, but to, but to lead us into that place, Lord, where we might be able to enjoy the fullness of the blessing in which you have for us. Wide is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path that leads to holiness. And Lord, I would release a mentality of holiness in the lives and in the ears of each one. Because each and every one of us, Father, have been called for such a time as this. So, Father, bless. Father, strengthen. Father, encourage. Let your word produce the life in each heart and in each mind so that health, wholeness, healing, blessing, prosperity, strength, courage, Father God, all these things and more might come, Father God, in an abundant way so that we, Father, would lack for no good thing, but that we in all things 
might be able to bless others in the life in which we live. Lord, we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you get something out of that? I hope so. Amen.